Father, we are uh, grateful for the opportunity to serve you. We recognize it as a privilege. We don't deserve anything but your wrath, and so we're grateful that you allow us to be in your service in the very least that we could offer to you is our complete lives, everything that we have, our uh, our full motivation, and we ask that you would strengthen us for the task that we have now at hand to look into your word and, and to understand it and be able to apply it in a specific way this year. We ask for your help as we do this. I pray that you would uh, eliminate any distractions, help us to be able to be alert and awake despite the late night, and uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Jennifer said I had a, a big task today. I had to keep you awake, and I have to be able to stay awake too. So why don't we all help each other? And um, if you see somebody next to you start to doze before they embarrass themselves by hitting their head on the table or something, just give them a little nudge, and uh, we'll all understand. All right. This morning, I want to challenge you to memorize Scripture. Um, as I like to do at the beginning of each year. Um, so we're going to look at Psalm 119 to help guide us in that way. Whoops, that was the wrong button there. How close are you to full maturity as a Christian? Let me show you a standard from the Apostle Paul All right, to see if you are at full maturity. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse I just missed that there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive. Now, perhaps you could argue that in some ways you're mature with your actions. You're not uh, breaching God's law in egregious ways, but but every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So are you fully mature as a Christian? Um, I mean, think about it just this morning. We have a, a high standard, don't we, here? From the time you lifted your head from the pillow till, the, till right now, have you made every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? Okay, so we have a high standard here that we have to set. That's just for this morning. I didn't ask what happened this past week. And I didn't ask about the actions or the words that you spoke this last week. I was just talking about this morning and your thoughts. And I could say probably with pretty good confidence that you were probably like me, that you did not have every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so my point in showing that verse is for you to acknowledge that God is still working on you and me. God is still working on you and me. So, God wants to do something in us, and if, if He is working in us, He wants us to be changing, then what are we doing to, to be complicit to that work? So, this morning I'd like to talk to, about the importance of meditating on God's Word from Psalm 119. Alright, so let's read verses 97 through 104. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. 
Oh, how I love Your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for Your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed Your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep Your word. I have not turned aside from Your ordinances, for You Yourself have taught me. How sweet are Your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. The value of scripture meditation. We're going to see um, we're going to see several things about the value of scripture meditation or scripture memorization. I'll show you how that, that works together. First is it will reveal what you love most. That's verse ninety seven. Second, it will increase your wisdom. Third, it will keep you from sin. Fourth, it will increase your obedience to God. And then it will shape your thoughts about God. And finally, it will teach you to hate sin more. Alright, so first, it reveals what you love most. Whatever you meditate on the most is the thing that you love the most. Think of the most encouraging note that you've ever received. Do you remember what that note was? Maybe you were overseas and you were homesick. Maybe you were at camp and you were wanting to be at home at that time. Maybe uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend wrote a letter or a spouse. Maybe you were struggling with some difficulty in your life and someone sent you an email or something. Whatever that most important note that you've received is, what did you do with that note? When you got it, did you just kind of crumple it up and throw it away? Did you just kind of skim through it and say, oh, that's interesting? No, what did you do? You, you poured over it. You thought about it. You, you, when, you weren't even, when you didn't have it in your hand, you were still thinking about it. What, what were those words that, that they said to me? You, you, you meditate on them. It's a natural thing. And the thing that we meditate on the most is the thing that we value the most. What is it that fills up your thoughts? What, what do you spend the most time thinking about? Is it about another person? Is it about sports? Is it about a certain game? Or is it about the Scriptures? This is what the Word of God should be like to believers. It should be our meditation. Consider with me Job chapter... Whoops. Wrong button again. Job chapter... Um, 23, verse 12. Someone like to read that for us from the screen? Job 23, 12. Bob? I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Alright, so Job here, when he's struggling with this difficulty that he had, considered these things and thought, you know what's the most important thing to me? Not my recreation, not my family, not my job, my power, not even my food, the thing that I need to sustain my life. The most necessary thing for me is God's Word. Isn't that what Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy chapter 8? When He said, man shall, live not, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's something more important than food. And food is important, isn't it? 
something more important. It's God's Word. You cannot have a meaningful existence apart from God's Word. You can have a meaningful existence apart from food, but you can't apart from God's Word. Jeremiah 15.16. Someone want to read that? Thanks. Alright, so Jeremiah here says, they, they are delight to me. I, I take joy in them. The Word of God should bring more pleasure than the finest food. Look, look down to verse 127 in your Bible. 127. Again, the psalmist says, Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. Okay, so, so it's better than food, it's better than wealth, it's better than gold. Proverbs chapter 2, we won't turn there, but talks about how we need to pursue the Word of God, wisdom, like, like we were pursuing hidden treasure. If I told you that there was hidden treasure somewhere in this building, then how would you pursue that? Okay, and you had, you had the ability, if you found it, it's yours. Okay, you would pursue that with great uh, vigor, with great, um, with great motivation. And that's how we should pursue the Word of God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. We'll come back here to Psalm 119. Ephesians chapter 3. What does Paul say there? Chapter 3, verse 8. To me, the very least of the saints, of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of wealth, of food, of a good job, of power. No, the unfathomable riches of Christ. There's nothing that brings more riches, okay, in the spiritual sense, than Christ. And so there should be a sense in which we pursue it with great motivation. So, the value of memorizing Scripture, first of all, is it will reveal what you love most. It reveals for you what you love most. Secondly, it will increase your wisdom. It will increase your wisdom. Verses 98 through 100. Turn back to Psalm 119 and we'll see this. Stated in several different ways. It will increase your wisdom. Verse 98 reads, Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insights than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. Okay, so what are the three ways in which we become wiser by meditating on the Scriptures? What are the three ways? Verse 98, what's the first one? Okay, wiser than whom? Wiser than my enemies. Alright, verse 99, what's the next one? More insight than all my teachers. Alright, and what's the third one in verse 100? Okay, we understand more than the aged. More, we would expect an older person to be wise because they've, they've had experience. They've gone through things, right? But what... 
the Scriptures are telling us is that when we meditate on the Scriptures, we have more wisdom. More uh, wisdom. We're able to see things through a biblical worldview better than anyone else. Better than our teachers. Better than our enemies. Better than an old person. Alright, so that's a second value to that. And the reason that we have more wisdom than the wisest people on the earth when we meditate on the Word of God is because none of them pay careful atten- attention to obey- obeying God's Word. The Word of God gives us ability to understand things in a better light, in an eternal light. More understanding than all the tradition that's passed down through the ages. So that means that the Word of God is more sure than getting a Ph.D. or, or, um, or the wisdom that comes from a grandfather. So we need to meditate on God's Word. We need to, I believe, me- memorize God's Word. Thirdly, it will keep you from sin. It will keep you from sin. Alright, look at verse 101. Verse 101 says, I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. Okay, turn. Uh, actually, can someone quote for us verse 11 without looking there? Starts with your word or thy word. That's 105. Verse 11 is your word have... Here you go. Alright. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not do what? Okay, so one of the values of Scripture meditation, of Scripture memorization, is that it will keep us from sin. Are there any sins that are plaguing you right now? Are there any things that, that keep holding on that what, what Hebrews talks about calls the besetting sins, the ones that keep holding you back from, from greater levels of spiritual growth? If there are, then the way to combat that is to meditate on the Scriptures. That's what verse 11 says. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against God. It's not simply an academic memorization you understand. It's hidden in the sense that it's it's changing me. All right? So it's not that we have to have an understanding, a word for word understanding necessarily. All right? So then the 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 fourth one here is that it will increase your obedience. If you meditate on the scriptures it will increase your obedience. We see this in verse 102. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourselves, you yourself have taught me. That is, God, I haven't turned aside. I have obeyed your word, is the positive way of saying that, because you have taught me. How? Well, he's been talking about in this passage on meditating on God's word. It will increase your obedience. So not only will it keep you from sin, but it will increase your obedience to God. All right, next. Number five, it will shape your thinking about God. Verse 103, it will shape your thinking about God. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It will cause you to meditate on God's Word. Memorized Memorization of Scripture is forced meditation. When you memorize Scripture, you're forced to meditate. All right, But it will also increase your love for God and His Word. Verse 140 says, 
Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. As you start to see the Word of God, as you spend more time in the Word of God, you, you see its purity. You see that there is value to it. And so you continue to, to meditate on it and, and enjoy it more. And as you increase, as you, as you continue to see the purity in it, you love it more. Isn't that what Psalm 9.10 says? says, those who know your name will trust you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Okay, so how do we increase our trust in God? The way that we increase our trust in God is by knowing Him more. By knowing uh, more about God and what He expects of us. And as we do that, we see His Word as pure and we love Him more. It's the same way that you build any relationship of love, isn't it? You can't love someone that you don't know. You love someone who you do know. And you give them your love, in a sense, but you also um, you also increase in your love as you get to know them more. Alright, then finally, it will teach you to hate sin more than you do now. It will teach you to hate sin more than you do now. Verse 104. From your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Okay, so precepts there talking about God's Word. So from your Word, God, I understand things. And as I do, I hate every false way. I hate sin. I hate the sin that plagues me. Not only will it keep me from sin, but it causes me to hate the sin that I'm trying to stay away from. You see that connection there? The reason that he hates sin is because he understands the Word of God. Alright, and uh, we could look at verse... Why don't we look down there to verse 127 as well. Verse 127. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. We read that one. Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. See the connection there? As we value the Scriptures more, verse 127, then we esteem them higher and then we hate every false way. So if you find yourself plunging into sin more and more and, and, you, don't see a, and you don't have a problem with those types of things that you're, you're doing, then perhaps it's because, or I shouldn't say perhaps, but it is because you don't know the Word of God. Because you, you don't value the Word of God as much as you, you should. And I think we could say that's the case for all of us, that we don't value the Word of God as much as we should. So in summary, um, those who are committed to God's Word will meditate on it and obey it. Those who are committed to God's Word will meditate on it and obey it. So here's the challenge for you. Uh, There's a summary there. Verse 104 talks about getting understanding. From your precepts, I get understanding. So, if we're trying to ultimately make every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, be complicit with what God is doing to change us into the image of Christ. If we're trying to do that, get understanding. Then how can we do that? Well, one of the ways that we can do that is by sitting under the teaching of God's Word. Now is a good opportunity for you to get understanding because the Word of God is being opened to you. It's being explained to you. It's being applied for you. That's a good thing. Be in the Word. Be under the sound of the Word as much as you can. That's good. 
Another way is being involved in a community of believers. You see, a natural thing that happens when believers are together is they talk about spiritual things, or at least they should be talking about spiritual things. And one of the ways that the Scriptures talk about it, Ephesians chapter 4, is speaking the truth to one another in love. So that's not just the pastor you know, speaking up at the pulpit to all the people. That is each individual believer speaking to other individual believers. They're speaking the truth to one another in love. So that's another way that we can get understanding. A third way is by reading the Scriptures for yourself. And uh, we put out a... We put out a, a Bible reading schedule, which we put out last week, and they're, they're on the table. If you don't have them, they're yellow. And um, this takes you through the entire New Testament, and it also takes you through the Psalms, and it takes you through half of the Old Testament. And if you continue on this Bible reading schedule, next year we'll put out another one, and you'll be able to do the New Testament again, Psalms again, and the other half of the Old Testament. So you'll be able to get through the entire Bible in one year and the New Testament twice and the Psalms twice. Or excuse me, the entire Bible in two years, the New Testament twice and Psalms twice in two years. All right, It's not that much. It's a couple chapters a day and it would be great value to you to get understanding. And you simply do that by reading the Scriptures on your own. Another way that you can get understanding is by praying for it. Right? James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, do what? Let him ask of God. Good. And a a fifth way, that that, um, the one that I want to focus on, is, is you can meditate on Scripture. You can get understanding by meditating on Scripture. So what I'm encouraging you to do is memorize verses from this packet that I've put together for you. There's there's several of these out on the table, and... um, when those run out, I have more downstairs. just don't have them all uh, bound for you yet or uh, rubber banded for you yet. I'll get those uh, probably by tonight. And I want to challenge you because I am concerned about my own spiritual life, but I'm concerned about your spiritual life too. And I want to see you grow just as much as I want to see myself grow spiritually. Because I know the the success... Okay, in a spiritual way, the success of our church is dependent on our spiritual growth. It's dependent on our spiritual growth. And so we need to be in the Word. We need to be reflecting on the Word. We can't come to church, hear a message, and then leave and not do anything about it. We can't not think about the Scriptures all the rest of the week, only when we're in the church building. That's not what Christians do. Okay? And one of the ways for you to reflect on the Scriptures is to memorize Scripture. So that's my challenge to you this year. And the theme is prayer. And on the back of each card, there's, um, there's a theme for, or there's, a, there's an idea for the verse. So this one here that we're going to look at here in just a second, the theme is the priority of prayer. Psalm 119, 147. The priority of prayer. And um, if you succeed, if you get through all 52 of these, actually there's only 48 because four of the weeks are review weeks. If you get through all 48 of these cards, you will have memorized two whole chapters of the Bible. Psalm 145, the entire chapter, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the entire chapter. In addition to that, you will have learned 37 additional verses. 
a total of 75 verses this year. And it will be something that you will be able to use. Um, remember, Psalm 119, or verse 11, Your word have I hidden in my heart. You'll be able to use and be able to pull it out when you need it, when you need to, to battle with sin or, or laziness or whatever it is. Now, perhaps you're already thinking of... Um, Perhaps you're already thinking of some pitfalls to memorization. There's all sorts of problems for me to memorize. All right, the first one might be, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to memorize. Okay, don't raise your hand, but how many of you spend at least 10 minutes a day in front of the TV or reading a newspaper or in front of the computer Okay, recreation time, we could say. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but 10 minutes a day. See, we need to prioritize our time. What is the most important? My dad used to tell me, you have time for, for the thing that you value the most. You have time for what you want to have time for. So when he would say, you know, you don't spend that much time with our family, or you don't finish your chores or whatever it is, I would say, well, I don't have time. I've got all this homework and I've got, you know, but I'm also involved in all these other things, sports and and whatever. And he would say, you have time for what you ha- want to have time for. And I think that's a very helpful piece of wisdom for us. We have time for what we want to have time for. And uh, if we want to have time for memorizing the Scripture, we will have time. That could mean that you have to miss the news. Or you have to sleep 10 minutes less every day, whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be 10 minutes. could be more, could be less for you to memorize. But again, you're doing one verse or two per week. And uh, these kids know that, that they can be done, right? You guys memorize that many verses in a week, don't you? All of you who are in Kids for Christ, you, you're memorizing verses constantly and so you you do that sort of thing and, and on top of that many of the kids have other verses they're learning for school and, and other things so so we have time for what we want to have time for perhaps uh, to make it easy for you you could put one of these cards in front of your mirror while you're getting ready in the morning you can have it sitting there and just read over it and then as you're getting ready reflect on it and maybe if you need to look back at it look back at it again reflect on it some more um, uh, maybe it's on the if you drive a lot maybe it's on the dash of your car uh, find a place for it and, and use it refer to it often so that um, you can be memorizing second potential pitfall is that we might say I can't memorize scripture I just can't do it okay I'm not I don't have the mind that I used to Philippians 4.13 says that um, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Don't you think Christ would strengthen us for such a task? Don't you think that Christ would be would want us to to grow in our understanding of Scripture? Uh, and and uh, and to combat that sort of mindset, I can't memorize. I mean, I think if we think about it, we've memorized a lot of things. Okay, easy things like our address. Okay, our phone number, our email address, or our multiple email addresses. Or just uh, like the Pledge of Allegiance. 
or famous sayings from the past like one small step for man, what's the rest of it? One giant leap for mankind. Now, how do we know all these things? I mean, did someone give us a card that said, all right, take this, put it on your dashboard and learn this? How do we know all these things? Anybody know? What is it? Repetition. That's all memorization is. And that's why I say memorization is forced meditation because memorization is simply repetition. Okay, so we just take a verse, we read it, and we reread it, and we reread it, and we remind ourselves what it says in our minds, and we recite it in our minds. That's meditation. We're reflecting on those words, and as we do, we start to think, well, what, what does God mean when He's saying those things? Okay, we, we are able to do that. Okay, I could list all sorts of other things. Some of you were singing without the hymn book because you knew that song this morning. Okay, you can memorize. Don't sell yourself short. Don't give up before you even start. We we um, we memorize because of repetition. That's simply how we do it. It's just simply a discipline of the mind. And the reason that we bring up objections like this is because we simply don't want to memorize. That's really the key. We don't want to memorize, so we come up with objections. I don't have time and I can't do it. I just can't. But the truth is, we can. And uh, we simply just have to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Now, I didn't put this third one in here, but perhaps there's a third objection. That is, I don't want to memorize from that translation that you have on there. I've put on here the New American Standard translation. It's the Bible that, that, that I preach from and that a lot of you have. But if, if you're more comfortable with a different translation, maybe one that you're used to from the time that you were small, and you'd rather memorize from a, um, a different translation, I would be happy to make you a, a personal set for you. Okay, Put a little monogram on there with your name on it or your initials. I'd be happy to do that in whatever translation you want within reason. Okay, We'll leave out the Abonics translation and things like that. But... Um, all right, so so if you want to memorize in a different um, translation, let me know, and I'll be happy to make one for you. All right, so let's uh, let's do a little let's do a little memorization this morning together. See how how easy this is. Okay, this is this is the fourth the fourth uh, week that you will be working through. Okay, this is January twenty second through January twenty eighth. Got the date right on there. Got the reference in the top corner and then the, the verse. And here it is. Okay, so let's all say this together. Let's start with the verse. Psalm 119, 147. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. Okay, some of you... Okay, yeah, Psalm 119, 147. Um, now, some of you could probably memorize that pretty quickly. But, but let's uh, work through it. This is how I encourage our kids to memorize, and this is how I often memorize. I take it in chunks. Okay, so let's just start from the first part. I rise before dawn. And what I usually tell my kids to do is do five to ten times just on that one phrase. I rise before dawn. I rise before dawn. And, and when I see them memorizing, I don't have to tell them this anymore, but when I see them memorizing, I, I hear them doing little chunks like that. I rise before dawn. I rise before dawn. Okay? So we got that. We move on to the next part. And cry for help. And cry for help. 
And we repeat that in our mind. So I rise before dawn and I cry for help. No, no, I. And cry for help. I wait for your words. Okay? I wait for your words. And at the end, we should be able to recite the entire thing. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. Who can say it for me? Without looking. Bob? I rise before dawn. I cry for help. I wait for your words. All right. Good. And the the key here is um, what I would encourage you to do is try for complete accuracy. Because if you start out going, you know what, I'll just try to get the idea. And that's good. The, the idea is good. It's better than nothing. So if, if all you get from, from this is just to get the idea and to reflect on these verses every week, and at the end of the year you can't recite every single one of the 75 verses, that would be great. But if you start that way, then you're probably going to end up much worse than, than what you wanted to do. So I would encourage you to try to, to uh, plan to memorize word for word. Get all the words there. All right? Arise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. Now, I can't promise that all of those are that short. Some of them are longer. But we only had a few minutes to be able to, to go over that one. So that's why I chose that one. Um, there are some that are two verses. I think there's one that's three verses. But all of them fit on this sheet in 11-point font or this little card. Okay? So I didn't squeeze any in there and got ten passages. But, but wouldn't that be great if you knew the entire chapter of Psalm 145 which talks about praise to God? Wouldn't that be great if you knew the entire chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 which talks about uh, persevering in tribulation and trial? Wouldn't that be great if you knew all these verses on prayer to be able to improve your own prayer life and help others do the same? That's my challenge to you. So, so what I would encourage you to do is grab a packet out there. And again, if there's, they're, uh, they're gone once you get there, then I'll make sure that there are more there tonight. All right, so putting in the practice. First, uh, yeah, we, we did that. First, accountability. If you're up for the challenge, then grab a packet and then I would encourage you to choose a person to whom you can recite these verses to each week. Choose a person here in the church that's going to recite them back to you and and uh, and I would encourage you to choose someone that's going to hold your feet to the fire, not someone that's going to be, let's say, passive and go, oh, it's okay. If you didn't get it this week, it's no big deal. Someone's going, hey, what's going on? That's two weeks in a row that you missed. You need to get back on track. Hey, that doesn't mean you have to go back and learn those two, but, but start back up afresh this week. I want, I want you to recite your verse for me next week. Okay, Maybe that's not your spouse that's going to be that person because they know you so well. Maybe that's someone else, another lady in the church if you're a lady, or another man in the church if you're a man. All right, I would encourage you to do that. Be thinking of somebody now. And, uh, and that would be a good way for you guys to... And, for you and me to encourage one another in in godliness, towards godliness, by just uh, encouraging people to, to stay in, in this meditation of God's Word. All right? Let's work on this together so we can think rightly about God's truth. We can't think rightly about anything unless we think God's thoughts after Him. We can't 
think rightly about anything unless we think God's thoughts after him. Do you remember what verses 98 through 100 said? It said, I'm smarter than, or I'm wiser than all my enemies. I have more wisdom than the aged, than all my teachers. How can that be? It's because he, the psalmist, was thinking God's thoughts after God. Okay, we learn what God has thought and then we think after him. And the only way that we can do that is if we put ourselves underneath the teaching of God's Word, underneath the allow the Word of God to wash over us as it as we're sitting under its teaching, as we're reading the Scriptures, as we're praying, as we're meditating on Scriptures. And I think the best way to meditate is by memorizing Scripture. All right? All right. Any questions or comments, concerns? other pitfalls that I ignored. Bill. I have a question about the, the ages and all and the young. Yeah. Should there be a distinction made there between the believer and the non believer? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um but you can still have uh I think you probably could make a category within believers where you have an older person who is a believer but maybe is a little bit stunted in their spiritual growth. Okay, so I guess you could say, um, yeah, I think the point there probably is, yeah, you're right, Bill, uh, that, that he's probably referring to to secular teachers, secular, obviously, enemies, verse 98, is not, not believers. Um, verse 100 talks about the age, so probably talking about a secular, older person. Yeah. Good thought. All right, any other questions or comments? Is there something we can do? Not sound too sure. But I did see some head nods, but that could be people are still falling asleep. I'm not sure. But all right. Yes. What do you think about? I, there's there's a couple women at my job. Yeah. That aren't believers. Mm-hmm. But they are willing to come into our prayer group. And what do you think about me learning? the scripture with them. Yeah. Having them I'll just I, I've approached them on a couple different things that we've done, but I've thought about it a lot about asking them to help me mm-hmm. memorize it and in doing so hopefully have them memorize it. Right. Yeah I, I did it with a, a co worker last year and they just didn't show up. Mm. When, when we plan to do it, but these two women seem to want to show up. Yeah, I can't think of any problem with doing something like that. I think that would be a great uh, springboard for conversation because you're going to be talking about spiritual things and they're going to have questions when they're meditating on Scripture they don't understand and are going to need some some help. Um, and I think it helps me. Right. You know, I'm. I think I'm a natural... Mm-hmm. That's what I love to do, and I really think it will help me to see through their eyes what yeah. the scripture means. You know, right, right. Just talking about it with them. Yeah, I think that's great. All right. So there's another thought. Any other thoughts or ideas? Okay. Let me uh, let me pray, and we'll be dismissed. And I'll let you uh, fight over the last 23 that are over there. Lord, thank You for uh, providing for us Your Word and preserving it for us. 
in our language. It is amazing. It is an amazing privilege in history, in the history of uh, of the church, to be able to have a copy of the scriptures in our own language. I mean, it's only a, a recent phenomenon, and even in our current world, to have a copy of the scriptures in our language is is uh, not what the majority of people have. They they do not have a copy of the Scriptures. And so we're thankful for that. And we, we take that as a great privilege. And we understand that to whom much is given, much is required. And so we want to be faithful stewards of what you have given to us. And one of the ways that we can do that is by actually opening it up and learning some of the things that you've you've taken time to put down on those pages. Help us, we pray, in this endeavor. And we will give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.